Welcome, traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from beyond the dice. So due to the wild nature of our current world state, there have been some conflicts in schedule between some of our podcast teammates and friends. And so what we have decided to do is record pieces of the story separately. And we're going to focus on one particular character. And tonight, that character will be Spigs. So I am your Dungeon Master, Luke, and your player is... It's Peter, and I'm playing Spigston Densar, your totally favorite character. That's why I'm only on this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dark Haven, the dirty, dank streets, the tall towers, apartments, shops, huge skyscrapers surrounding this district. Neon lights, purples and blues, oranges, red elven signs and holographic imagery advertising various products litters the entirety of this city and doesn't stop in Darkhaven. The lights run 24-7. And the camera moves to show Central District. Everything here is clean, bright, tall, glossy. It looks modern. Even though the entire city of New Etica is a futuristic city, Central District is one of the wealthy parts, the wealthy sections of the city. And the aesthetic design and architecture presents that. We see... Ultradie Incorporated Tower. Only a few months ago had the top piece of this tower crumble and fall to the ground with a giant mutated beast tumbling with the rubble. Now it is straight, erect, tall, brand new and with a huge, huge symbol on the very top of the tower. And it's not the Avenger symbol, Peter, no. <laughs> it is the Ultradie Incorporated symbol. A shining beacon, the tallest tower in Central District. Now, there is a discreet exit to the rear of this building. And Spigs, you are walking through these double doors that lead into this discreet loading dock area. You see a couple of shuttles, which are like hover vans, like people movers. You're the first one of your group to walk out. And you don't even think about saying goodbye to your friends for the moment because you see your whole family there you see glist and gleam you see razor sort of walking around looking up towards you yarl in the back and you just feel yourself moving towards them you don't even notice that you're sprinting as fast as you can go you're suddenly just there and they're all over you gleam Standing there with his arms crossed, he looks awkward, but he joins the hug as Glist is squeezing you and Reza is holding onto your leg and trying to climb up the robotic, the robot, your robotic leg and climb up towards you. Yarl comes over and places his hand on your back and he even comes in for the hug. Then you're in the shuttle 
and it's like you're being deafened, you're stunned because you haven't seen your family for weeks. And when you had seen them, it was in very small bursts, an hour here, two hours there, one at a time. Ultra Die didn't really let all of them in at once. It was a part of the NDA that you signed to make sure that you would follow the rules. And now you're out of that part of the city and you're in a more familiar setting. You're in Darkhaven and the shuttle floats down, glides and lands softly out the front of Densa Wares. The sign overhead shining bright amongst all the other neon signs and advertising screens in the street. But as you look out the window at this familiar place, it looks different. There are almost 200 people of Darkhaven. Those that you know, those that you are friends with, people you have never met in your life before, they're all gathering around the shop. The shuttle doors open. Yarl gets out and he's telling everyone, back up, back up, back. He's sort of pushing them and sort of making space for everyone, for the family. As you all climb out of the shuttle uh, and head towards your shop and your home. And the crowd are cheering and whistling and you hear some boos and stuff like that. Probably just coming from other jealous dwarves. So you're there amongst this huge crowd. And you've been amongst this sort of thing in the last couple of weeks and months. But not when you haven't been protected and surrounded by Ultradi Incorporated people. Now you're with your family. And... This crowd is pushing and closing in a little tighter than what you're used to. So this is into the shop? Yeah, you're out the front of the shop. This, this huge crowd there. The shuttle begins to lift off and fly away through the air. Uh, what's, happened? what's happened to my shop? Why are these, why are these people here? Spixton, they're here for you, Glist says as she wraps her arm around your around your waist. These, the, all these people have been coming to the shop and asking when you're going to come home. They wanted to see you for, for themselves. You're a hero around here. You should obviously know that with the amount of times you've been on television and on the radio and on the casts. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think there'd be this many people here. Like, I didn't, think it was, I didn't think it was like that, that special. And you look up as you see something catch your eye in your sort of peripherals on your right. And you look up. And on one of the big hologram projectors, you see a hologram version of yourself in this flickering, gritty looking projection, walk out of the projector screen and cross your arms. And then Cortain crosses his arms next to you. And then Little Moss leans in, putting both his hands on your shoulders. And it says, Ultra Die Heroes. And then down the bottom, it says Ultra Die stocks are available for purchase now. The screen flashes and then there is a hologram of a motorbike flying past. And then a hover car. It starts to advertise all these different vehicles that are now on sale. And then you look back to your shop and the shelves are getting pretty empty. Yarl is yelling at people, telling them to get back, get back, get back. Telling them there are only a few people in the shop at a time. And you walk into your shop. All the little things that you had built, all the gizmos and the little gadgets and tools and all of these inventions that you've made and you had selling, 
They're almost all gone. Ah, oh, what, what, what are they? What do they want? Like, I have to make. Do I need to make more stuff? What, why? I'll get to the desk behind. Let's get in the shop and make make more stuff or sell more things. I'll just let's just get let's get it behind the desk. Speaks. I was wondering, do, sh should we close for a few days until we can build up enough stock, or or, or stay open? What What do you think? Well, like, do they just want like my signature? Like, maybe we 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 just sell that. I don't know. Like, what 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 are they what have they been asking for? Everything, anything, Speaks. You're you're basically the first hero of Darkhaven. Like, you helped stop a terrorist attack you helped stop that big thing and you're just a dwarf inventor from Darkhaven you're not some corporate mercenary or street samurai you're Spigston Denser and all these people they're looking up to you they want anything you can you can give them they've been coming in here wanting to buy your clothes to frame them as memorabilia Spigs it's been it's been really difficult, actually. Look, let's... I don't know, like, let's... I can sign things, like, that That shouldn't be too hard, right? Yeah. I think maybe we should close the shop for now until you get your footing and we'll open tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow night we'll open. And, um, hopefully, we, you know, we've been able to build some... Build some things. Get some things ready. Alright, so... I'm just really... It's been a long time. I just want to spend time with you. Let's just, yeah, let's close up the shop. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And look, I don't want to alarm you, but we had some of the Dwarven clans coming around as well. Now, I don't know if they just want a piece of the fame pie or if they wanted to offer something substantial, but I just thought I'd let you know that too. Who, who, who's come around? We've had the, the Forge Fathers, the Silversmiths, the Iron Brigands, oh, there were a couple, two more, but I can't remember their names. I've, I've written them down up. They'll be upstairs in, in you, the... Are you telling me after I went through all that, all that effort with the Forge Fathers beforehand, and now just because, you know, I just do a normal job and maybe helped out a bit, they're wanting me? Yeah, may possibly. I don't, I'm not sure, Spigs. We'll, we'll have to find out when, when the time comes. Like, I mean, it could be good things for us, but then it depends what they offer. If they want to take our shares in our company or... I don't know. Anyway, let's let's just go upstairs. We'll, we'll find something to watch as a family or something. That sounds... Sounds... Dad. Uh, Dad, real quick. Um, yeah, what's up, Glenn? Do you... Uh, do you think it's cool if I still, like, maybe try and go around to, um, Sensei Masa's place? Because he hasn't been able to teach me much karate since you guys have been, um, like, kept in the ultra diet place. Is it okay if I maybe go around there, um, in a couple days or something? Like, I want to hang out with you because I haven't seen you for ages, but I just want to make sure it's okay. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be okay. Oh, I don't know, like... I just don't want you to think that I um, don't want to be around you because like, I don't know, like I kind of missed you and stuff, Dad. Yeah, you still got to, you know, you got to keep your training up. That's all right. Okay. Just come, you know, come back home. Just don't, just don't, don't spend all your time out in the streets. No, no, no. 
I haven't been hanging out with those dudes anyway. They've been getting in lots of trouble and I've been staying away from them. So like, yeah, should be cool. You can always get in trouble at home, you know. <laughs> yeah, dad, don't say that. <laughs> and you look and then Glist is like crossing her arms and she's like staring at you guys with shifty eyes. <laughs> you get after our, our own no good, you know what I mean, son? Yeah, dad. Oh, uh, what do you want to watch? And um, you guys begin to just discuss what movie you should watch, how much popcorn you should make. As you guys close up the shop, head upstairs and spend some time with your family. Now, over the next few days, you've opened the shop. You've been able to make a couple of items and sign some things. And the shop's getting busier and busier and busier. And now we're in the shop. It's probably midday. You haven't had lunch yet. The shop is absolutely packed. Yal is sort of patrolling the store, making sure that nobody does any thieving, making sure that people don't fight over some of the items that you've been able to make and produce and get ready for the people. Glist is at the counter. There's a huge line. Gleam is packing some stuff in a crate for small crate for someone, closing the lid, passing it off to them. Um, you're constantly flooded with people wanting to ask you things and talk to you and get all these people asking if they should become mercs and like a lot of dwarves coming in with their kids trying to get autographs and um, trying to get you to sign sign their cybernetic arms and get you to sign steel plates and stuff like that and you are constantly bombarded with all of these people all day for the last couple days you're not even sure how many days could be five days could be two days it's just turned this massive amalgamation of busyness and so you've kind of retreated out to the workshop just for a second to get a breather because you weren't counting but you probably just signed like 35 different things uh, as well as talk to people and take take pictures and so you're standing out there and there's all the bits and pieces and components, tools, racks, all that sort of stuff that's out in your workshop. And you constantly hear the door ring. There's people coming in and people going out. Ah, uh, I just need to go for a walk. Ah, uh, and uh, Spigs grabs, he tries, he, like, opens up, um, he's got one of those, like, locker, old, like, super old. It's been looked after, but it's pretty old, ancient. Uh, antique locker. Yep. To like a, um, even a input um, digital number. So he punches in the number and opens up and finds some, maybe some spare clothes, not what he normally wears, and kind of just puts over a big jacket, uh, yellow jacket, something, blend in a bit, um, cover himself up. Doesn't really look like himself. Yep. Changes his shoe, uh, shoes, puts on different, some different shoes. They're not worn for a while. Um, so you change out your actual robot feet or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, do, do you recall? He got, he got it all repaired. No, he, um, he, he covers it up. Like he tries and put on, he puts, finds this really, really baggy pair of jeans that he did, used to do more like, yeah, 
puts that on over his pants. When he, he wore when he was a teenager? Yeah, not that, like, yeah, maybe he, like, when he was, like, a bit older and he's, like, lost a bit of weight since he's been doing some work work. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, like, because he's, like, they're not massive chicken legs, like, the size of, like, a like an ATST or something. Um, but so he's able to put it over the top and he looks, it looks a bit, it's a bit awkward, but at least covers up his obviously robotic legs and then puts on like a yellow jacket over the top of that that goes all the way halfway down his legs anyway. Yep. Does he do the, um, the, the Marvel inconspicuous thing where they put on a cap and then nobody knows who Captain America is? Oh yeah. Yeah. He puts a cap to hide his, his goggles and his, uh, his hair. Yeah, look, like, Spigs is pretty iconic looking. You know, he has the chicken, he has the robot chicken walker legs, yeah. a big red robotic arm, spiky white hair, goggles. Like, he's pretty... Yeah, t- takes off the goggles, lays the goggles behind, puts on a puts on a cap, maybe, like, uh, steals one from Gleam that Gleam has been wearing. Um, yep. And then, like, heads out. And it's a bit, it's a bit awkward as well, because it's, like, it's all... Not used to wearing all this stuff. You got... You hear this little voice. Dad... Dad. Oh, Razor? And then you see him crawl out from inside an old oil barrel that's been cleaned out, but you usually just throw random stuff in there. And he walks out, uh, he crawls out of there with a, um, like a little uh, electric screwdriver, but you've replaced the end of it with like a bunch of whirling lights. Um, and he's holding the button down. It's just spinning and changing colors. And he's like, Dad, this is cool. Dad, where are you going? Just, just... I'll be back in a minute. I just need some. I need some air. It's okay, Razor. I'll be. I'll be fine. You just stay here. You play with your little sonic screwdriver. I'll okay. be back in a minute. Yeah. Um. Shall I? I will tell Mum that you went for a walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell, go. Go tell Mum. Can I have candy? Can you bring me candy? No, you already. You already had two handfuls. Like that's it's too much, Razor. That's a yes, and he runs off. <laughs> Oh. oh, he's funny. All right. And then uh, Spigs, like, goes outside into the streets. In the back kind of sneaks out. All right. And it's midday. And oh, it's a little bit after midday, but you're walking through the alleyways and the sort of the back thoroughfares. And as you're walking through, you hear this, this yelping and barking. And then you hear a bunch of what sounds like teenagers laughing and... The sound of crashing um, trash cans and like steel pipes and stuff like that. And then you look down an alleyway and you see a group of these teens, maybe 16, 17. They're all, they look like street punks. You know, one of them has like a big pink mohawk. There's a hobgoblin. There's an orc, a human there. And he's got a pipe and he's smashing it on a garbage can. And there are these two small dogs these scrappy looking dogs it's like yapping and barking and the all the teens are like throwing stuff at them and laughing oi oi what are you doing huh get out of here old man no leave leave those dogs alone and spigs like pulls opens up his jacket yellow trench coat and he pulls out thunderfire cannon they see the gun and they're like you're insane man and then you hear another kid go get out of here guys let's go and they uh, they sprint off, like sort of j- running around the the dogs down the alleyway, and they sprint. And you see one of the dogs is like sort of limping, and the other one is like barking at the uh, the teens as they run down the alleyway. Spigs 
but Chase is um, in the sling. He's got um, the Thunder Falcon. He like searches his pockets, trying to find if there's anything like some like snack or something to give them. You find um, some jerky. You find a um, an old protein bar that's half eaten. Uh, he gets the jerky and he holds. He like goes a bit forward, but he's at a distance because the dogs are kind of cowering. And he lo- he bends down. And he holds out the jerky and waves it. Waves at the dogs. Hey, hey, it's 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 okay. They're, they're gone. Come here. Roll an animal handling. Oh no. What if I do this? Ah, there's gotta be a number in there. Uh, 73. What? Animal handling. See my roll. Uh, I rolled a 19 plus 6, so 25. Nice. Alright. So the um, the dog that was barking at the teens sort of walks over to you, sniffs it, and the one that has the sore leg like limps over. Sniffs the jerky and you sort of you give pieces to them. They eat it and um, the one that's injured sort of curls up next to your uh, next to your next to your leg and he's sort of whimpering a little. Spigs like looks looks at them and looks around and then he scoops them up and he picks up the one that's injured and then he goes like to the other one. Come come on, little little guy, follow me. And he heads like back back to the shop. As you're walking back towards your shop through the alleyways, the other dog follows, his friend follows you, and as the hover rail trains fly overhead between one of the buildings, you turn the corner, you see the back of your shop, and you head inside. When you enter your workshop, the way that you exit is the way that you came back in. You notice that you were out for quite a while walking around Gleam and Glist, pressing the button and the big roller shutters are coming down. Yarl is sweeping up a whole bunch of just, you know, rubbish and dust and stuff that sort of got left behind and blew in the door when people were rushing in and out. And Razor is still in the workshop playing around. He's on top of an engine just sitting on there and he looks over at you and he's like, Oh, dogs, puppies. Dad, who, where did you get him? And he climbs down off of the engine, falls to the ground. Oof. Ah, ow. Where, Dad, where'd you get him? Where's my candy? Dad, where's, where's my candy? Razor, you know I said not. Don't, don't sit up on that engine. You've hurt yourself. You okay? Yeah, I fell. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Where, Dad, where's the dogs come from? They were, they were down the street. Some, some kids were picking on them. (gasps) I don't know who. Just come, come with me. Here, help pick this one up. And he's there's the other one follow. He's got one in his hand, and he gets um, Razor to pick up the other one. All right, he picks, he picks up the dog. Come with me. Let's take him to mum. Oh, oh, dad, she's not gonna be very happy. I think we'll see. And he walks into the shop. Glist is walking down the aisle, just like checking the shelves and stuff. And then she sees you walking in in your bright yellow and orange jacket. The cap on, the big baggy pants, and she's like, I haven't seen you wearing that for a long time, and where did you get the dogs? Uh, I just needed some fresh air. I went for, for a walk. There was this one down the alleys around the corner. These kids were throwing rocks at these dogs, so I scared them off. I don't, I don't know who owns them, but I, but I, but I brought them back. They need, they need to, you know, can't just leave them on the street. 
Look at its legs. Well, she walks over to the one that um, Razor is just holding above the ground. And uh, she's like, well, they are pretty cute, Spigs. And she like scruffs him behind their ears. Razor goes, yeah, we can keep him. I don't know about that, Razor. We'll have to see. There might be someone's dogs. If they are someone else's dogs, we can't keep them, Razor. It's not fair, is it? Yeah, I guess so. It's not fair if we keep them. Uh, well, at least we get to play with them in the meantime. And he starts to run, uh, puts the dogs down, the dog down, and begins to run, and it chases him around. The other one who's injured, um, Gleam, comes up, and he's like, "What happened to his leg, Dad?" Oh no, I just I found him like this. Man, you know it's what Darkhaven needs. Like the Aegis, they're gone now, Dad. And no one's protecting people. And so, like, people can just do whatever they want. And, like, who even hurts dogs like this? As he, like, pats on the, um, the dog's leg. He's like, well, I'll go upstairs and we'll, um, get some stuff ready. Maybe we'll have a look. See if we'll fix this cut. We'll clean it. Just in case there's any bad stuff in there, Dad, all right? It's a good idea. Good idea, Glim. Cool. And he, um, he puts his hands out to take the dog. Yeah, the hands, hands, Glim claim the dog and he takes off his jacket and hat and puts the hat onto back onto gleam as he's about to head upstairs yeah just takes off the jacket and starts to take off the pants over his chicken legs <laughs> dad not in here why not well it's rude god no razor keeps running around and the dog's chasing him i still got my, my shorts on underneath okay all right all right, and as you all go upstairs, you uh, look after the dog's leg and you wrap it in a little bandage, the cut that's on there. And just you sit down in your plushy recliner, the old plushy recliner that you've had for about 30 something years and it creaks a little as you rock back and you close your eyes just for a second and you hear people shouting yelling and they're shouting your name and you hear someone yelling out where was Darkhaven 2 old today I came in the shop and he wasn't even there tell him to come down and show off his merc skills show him his true strength and you like peek out the window and there's like this big half orc mostly half orc in like these fluoro green overalls he's got glasses on Kind of looks a little bit like Little Moss, but he's got, this guy's got like no hair. He's bald completely. And he's like a, he's like a darker shade of green compared to um, Little Moss. And he's like, come on, where's this Spigston hero fella? And all these people are like, Spigston, yeah. And they're all cheering and shit like that as they see you come to the window. Yarl comes to the window as well. And he's like, Spigston, you want me to tell them to bug off? <sighs> okay, I'll, I'll sort him out. They want me. I need to. I need to tell them to get, get lost. They won't leave unless they at least see me. All right. But if you need me to do it, I'm happy to do it. Thanks, y'all. And he goes and he sits down on the couch and uh, grabs a an ale out of the cup holder, takes a drink, turns on the TV. So I don't know if they have a balcony or it's just a, like a window on the top level in his like bedroom or. In the, in the lounge room, maybe. Um, or is, if the front room is the lounge room. I have to go that way. There's yeah, probably, probably just a window 
because there's all the advertising screens and shit all over the place. Yeah. Um, so Spigs opens opens up the window a bit further, and he's like out looking over the people, and he's like, "Hey, I'm here." Oh, there he is. There's the hero. What are you doing up there, hiding up in a castle like a princess? <laughs> Look, it's been it's been a long couple of weeks. I'm gonna spend time with my family. And look, all these questions of whether or not I should be a merc, you know, what did I do to, like, how did I find, track down stuff? Look, just, it's not easy being a merc. I've, I've been, I've nearly died several times. I've risked lives of my own family. It's not a great business. Just leave us alone, go home, look after your own families. You know, come come in a couple of days and I'll sign some more things, but just just let us let us have our own peace. You see people like holding up their phones and communicators and cameras and they're taking pictures and filming you and stuff. And you hear some of them go boo Oh it looks like the little dwarf doesn't want to come down here, guys. Let's let's just get out of here. What a waste of time. And the big orc half orc just walks away. The crowd sort of like hangs around for a bit and they're just filming you until you basically close the window and shut your blinds. But you can still hear them outside just creating a ruckus. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go away. We'll see. We'll see. Dad, maybe like we should like, I don't know, call NEPD or something. What are they going to do? Just, uh, okay, we gonna, also, I need to also report those dogs missing as well. Let's try that. Cool, Dad. All right. Um, so... Spigs puts on his uh his head his um goggles and connects to the local local police department. It's a few days later. The shop has uh, been busy when you've had it open. People constantly coming in. You've seen that half orc a couple times come through and, you know, just not buy anything. He's just being a bit of a nuisance. Not really doing anything, no harm or anything. He's just a big loudmouth idiot. And you get a call in the afternoon after you've closed up and it is the NAPD. And they tell you that the uh, the owners of the dogs have been found and that the two officers will come and collect them to return them to the owners. And they thank you for your service in protecting New Etica, as well as finding and returning these dogs to their rightful owners. And you get off the phone call and you look across the shop and out the back in the workshop and you see um, Razor running around as the two dogs are chasing him. Gleam is bouncing a ball and like pretending to throw it and one of the dogs goes to find it and can't and then looks up and sees it it's in his hand and then runs back to him uh speaks slowly walks down the stairs to the to the shop uh gleam razor come here yeah, yeah dad uh the dogs we you know we discussed when we first got them they've got uh the owners have contacted us and they're going back back home. No! 
dude. That sucks, Dad. What the frick? Oh God, we 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 knew this was gonna happen. We can't just we just we can't keep them. It's, they're at someone else's. They're someone else's uh dogs. So, yeah, but can, but like, can't they just get new ones? And we keep. I'm sorry. That's not how it works, Razor. I'm, I'm sorry. We we have to we have to give them back. I'm I'm really. Uh, I know you've been enjoying your time playing around with them. It's been a good distraction, but we ha we we can't. If it, what if it was? Just think of it. What if it was your? What if it was your dog? Like you, like you, like now you think it's your dog. What if someone else was like, hey, we lost them and they were like wanting to keep them. You want them back, wouldn't you? Yeah, but like, if they were my dogs, Dad, I wouldn't even let them go missing in the first place. What idiots. Yeah, they might have escaped. This sucks, Dad, this sucks. And he just walks out of the room. Now, Razor. Yeah? Let, let him go. You have to give me, give me the dog. He's hugging them. He's like, Dad, no. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. Please. Yeah, but you have to let go. Aww. He lets them go. And he just sits on the ground, crossing his legs, and he's just like, hands are on his head. And Spigs like, sees him like crying a bit, upset. Look, Razor, after 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 this, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get one, okay? I promise. Really? Yeah. We'll find our own little little pops. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And make you happy. Yeah. It will make me happy. You wait around in the store front until uh, you hear a knocking and you look through the door and you see it's two NEPD police officers. One is a human and one is a half-elf. And the human says, uh, Mr. Dentsu. Yeah? You here for the pups? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, sir, we are here to collect those dogs. Sorry, sir. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to take them. And the other half-elf officer, she's holding, um like two of those sort of dog carry case things that you use when you travel. She opens them up and she's like, sorry, if you will help us put them in there, we need to transport them back to headquarters. Here you go. And he like slides them into the, into the cages. They're like whimpering and they don't really want to go in there. They look at you really sad, the dogs and, the officer closes the little doors on them. Thank you, Mr. Dancer. Um, she like sort of like looks looks around in the shop, and uh, says, "I'm a big fan." Don, like, do you want do you want me to sign an autograph or, or what? You guys, you know, you're the real heroes. I was just doing a normal day job, happened to be in the right place at the right time. You guys, you know, look off the streets as much as you can. You're also heroes. So don't, don't worry about being a fan of me. I'm no different to you. Thank you, sir. Uh, that's some nice, some nice words from you. But um, no, you saved a lot of people from terrorists, and they may not be around today if you didn't stop that big creature and those those people. So thank you. Yeah, it just yeah, just get the dogs back to their owners. And he kind of like tries to push them out of the door and close behind. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. Bye. As the police officers pack the dogs in the hover patrol car and they take off flying down the street away from denser wares, 
you close the shop up, close the front door, and you begin to walk away, and you hear some voices outside the shop, and some knocking and some banging. You're about, you probably like have only walked about 20 meters, and you turn around, and you can see through like the camera on, sorry, you can see in the screen of the sort of uh, front counter of your shop, the cameras outside are showing a group of people and they're like yelling out, Hey, mister. Hey, Mr. Spiggs. Hey, we saw you. We saw you. We know you're in there. Come out. Come out. I want you to sign my hoverboard. Please, come on, man. Come on, don't do us dirty, come on. Get, get lost. We're closed. No, 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 we just saw you, man. Come on. Come on, man, sign his hoverboard. Come on, uh, man. Come back tomorrow. And they keep shouting and yelling and knocking on the door and Razor says, Who's that, Dad? Who is it? Look, if you don't, if you don't get lost, I'll have to call the police back. Uh, whatever, man. You, sh- you suck, dude. Good. Get lost. You hear someone kick your um your security fences that go over your shop windows, and then you hear like, "This guy sucks. Let's get out of here." Dad, who are they? It's okay, Razor. They're just some nobodies that thinking. Just one couldn't wait till tomorrow to, for me to sign something. It's okay. We're safe. He picks up Razor, and takes him upstairs, holds him, and takes him upstairs. Right, you climb the stairs and you get up to your, basically your house above the shop, your apartment above the shop. And Gleam is, you see him in there and he looks at you and he like frowns and he just quickly walks off to his room and you hear his door shut. Yarl looks up at you and he says, Spookson, you're, uh, you've done the right thing. Okay, don't uh, don't worry about him. He'll be fine in a few days. I know. Uh, I just, just wish we could relax. Don't get much sleep nowadays. Glist comes and hugs you from behind, and she puts her head on between your shoulder blades, and she says, "Spixen, it's getting, it's getting crazier since you've been back, and I know that you haven't been sleeping well, and." All these people are worrying you. And I know you've been working on some things for the shop, but it's not really what you want to be doing. I think I think you really need to go and let off some steam. Like, I don't know if you go and meet up with Cortain and Little Moss or whoever and have a few drinks or, or whatnot, but you need, to, you need to do something that's going to help you. Just get through this. Yeah, I don't know. I'll think on it. First, I'll think on it. And it's a shame we had to get rid of those those dogs. The boys really loved them. Yeah, look, I may have accidentally promised Razor we would get one. Okay. Um, hey, mate. I would love to have one around here, but we don't really have the space right now. Yeah, look, and the whole mess of cleaning up after them, just, just more work, I think. Maybe, maybe it'd be easier if I just build something they can like play around with like a dog but more you know maybe like a little robot hound okay that's not a that's not a bad idea because i mean if like you can make them and if we can 
end up making that a product we can sell that's a lot cheaper than some of the bigger cybernetic corporations then then yeah that's a if you think you can do it go ahead that's a that's a just um yeah like small yeah maybe i was uh thinking there's those guys at the library i've been thinking about my parents as well you know what happened to them maybe if i go you know hang out with them find out what they're up to and i could go and build build the dog there be away from the maybe away from the shop or something maybe i could just get my head back together there I'll, I'll come back you know i won't spend all my time there just just you know out here hour half a day or something over there just uh and then you know shop won't be as busy we can start making making more stuff to sell won't be such a so much stress yeah okay that's yeah that's probably a good idea you got to get out of here and go see some different sites and get some take a little break um just be safe spooks thanks Chris. I, I will you, you know i will she kisses you on the cheek and she takes a razor from you and she says well razor i think it's time for your bed no she carries him down the hall towards his bedroom dark haven library this old dark gray stone building these steps leading up to the huge landing where all the pillars are and the two massive doors that lead to inside the library and you're walking up those steps and the doors are closed and you knock on them you hear a few moments later the footsteps of dune as he opens the door ah spigston how are you my friend ah good was it was it dune dune yes dune dune yeah look I just need to, I have a couple of questions and I just also need to get away from the shop. Is it cool if I come inside? Absolutely, Lorian would be pleased that you have arrived. Uh, so Spigs heads inside. Yep, he closes the door behind you and you walk towards that sort of central area of the library underneath the huge glass dome roof that's covered in sort of grime. There's a whole bunch of lights with the, you know, those green glass top lights that they have in libraries and stuff like that. A um, few desks and things and Lorian is hunched over a book and he's flipping through the pages and reading things and such. And Dune says, Lorian, look who has come to visit us. He needs a break from life as a famous man. I have read the articles and seen you on the television, Spigston. Good job. Yeah, look, let's let's not talk about that. I just I just came here to get away from all that crap. Uh you you guys, have you got like somewhere I could like do some work? I don't wanna just, you know, spend some time here, blow off some steam. And I'm gonna build a pet for my, my kids. Is that cool? Oh, Spixton, yes, absolutely. Uh, follow me down this way through here. Uh, there is a section that when the library was a functioning library, we would bring in various, you know, um, 
boxes and crates full of books and tomes and such. Um, that should be a perfect area for you to set up. There's a few benches and stuff. Um, oh, also, I'd like to thank you very much for bringing me, or bringing us, those keys. Uh, or sending them to us, I should say. Uh, someone from Ultradye Incorporated came down and... Um, but they were pleasant enough. And they gave us the keys after... Um, you guys had obviously instructed them to do so. Yeah, I also came here to talk about, you know, the plan with the, uh, what do you call the, you know, the group my parents were part of? Oh, yes, the Keepers of Law. Ah, yeah, Keepers of Law. Yes. Look, I want to find out more what they were doing and, and get more, you know, connected and find out what happened to them. Uh, so, for the meantime, anyway, I'll, I'd like to help out with whatever you're going on with that, Keepers of Law. Okay, well, we have recently made a small discovery, and I believe that there is a magical item in this city somewhere. This magic item was in the possession, our possession. Uh, it's been a long day. Um, and somebody we used to work with stole it and left us. And we believe that he is in Darkhaven somewhere, possibly in one of the other sectors, not your section of Darkhaven, possibly North Darkhaven or um, Azuma Kabitai. Uh, yes, we believe that he's there and he shouldn't be too hard to miss. If you are happy, we are wanting somebody to go and see if they can find this individual for us and then come back let us know if they found him or not would you be willing to help us with such a task so is he is he the one that stole your things or yes but uh, you're not to approach him yeah just to act as a scout to find this person and then come back to us and let us know if you believe you have found him or not uh i guess i could do that do i uh like do I need to get some sort of disguise? Like I don't, I want, don't want like to be crowded with fans and stuff there. Or oh, yes, that's a yes, that's a good point. Can't you use your magic or something? Maybe disguise me up. Uh, I actually could, but it might not run for enough time. The spell that I have runs for about an hour or so. Um, but there are many things here that we could use to help you disguise yourself as you do this. I've got a very cool hat you could wear. Um, it's maybe a little flamboyant, but uh, you could borrow it if you wish. Anyway, this person's name is Lokag. They are a Goliath like Dune here. Uh, one of our acquaintances, uh, well, was a friend. Um, I believe that they are in North uh, or the Eastern Darkhaven sectors. Um, so that's where you can start. Uh, also, this person, Lokag, he is an incredible fighter. So that might be a good place to look, as in fighting rings uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. In the meanwhile, Dune, would you mind getting the loading dock area prepared and set up for uh, Spigston to, to do some work when he needs some time away from his shop? I would absolutely love to prepare that area for you. Spigson, watch out. This Lokag, he is a good man, but sometimes he cannot be trusted. And Dune just walks away. 
Alright, well, I think I'll set up. I'll grab my tools. I brought a Chevy around. So, is it cool if I bring him in? Bring him my stuff? Oh, absolutely. Feel free. Alright, so space heads out and starts bringing the tools and stuff. Set up a shop. Alright. And you set up all your things in the shop in the oh no in the shop you set up all your things in the loading area inside like the inside sort of warehouse area of the dark haven library and dune has put a whole bunch of lights and lamps and uh swept up the area he's turned on a little fridge and told you that he has placed various soft drinks and that sort of thing in there as you begin to um tinker away and you pull out this new thing that you've been working on your thunder cannon was always a, a trusty weapon and a valued companion but you had some ideas when you were at ultra die for something bigger and better something that will help you if you ever return uh, and work as a mercenary and so you pull out the lead belcher or what is the beginning of the lead belcher and you start to tweak you start to replace pieces and you look down the barrel to make sure that it's completely straight and then we cut back to Lorian and Dune as Lorian continually going through his book reading Dune sits down in an armchair he reaches into his waistcoat pocket and he pulls out this old picture it's been folded multiple times it's got plenty of creases and the corners are all bent and worn away and it's a picture of dune he's wearing a brown leather jacket with the sort of sherpa fur like the sheep fur around his neck he's got a golden sort of misshapen star on his uh, chest and a bandolier of uh, shotgun shells he's got his arm on a taller man's shoulder a large goliath he the goliath is wearing a cowboy hat that has a star on it as well and he's holding a huge hammer on his shoulder and this hammer looks like an an anvil on a pole and they're standing in front of this old dusty like there's this orange dust on the ground and sort of in the crevices of this old building that's made out of brick orangey brick and wood and it says sheriff's office in like um, signs from highways and stuff that has been cut up and placed and there's a big star next to it that has all these globes that some are not working some are turned on some are broken and he puts the photo sort of rests it against his chest and then he calls out Spinston, I've found an image of this low cake fellow. I'll bring it in just a moment. As he walks over to a photocopier and he places the photo down on there, the white light go from the left to the right left to the right and he pulls out the photo that's been folded in half just to show this low cake, this other Goliath tucks it away in his pocket and he pulls free the a4 piece of paper as he walks towards your workshop and that's where we'll end it cool
thank you for uh, listening to the show and downloading this episode. Thank you for taking the time to share this with a friend. Hopefully you have. Uh, now, we uh, we totally understand with all the, the wild, crazy stuff that's going on that um, you can't get out to your gaming stores and you not, might not be able to play D&D with your friends. But if you have, or if you're finding yourself with all this extra time, uh, make sure that you use services like Roll20 and Discord and jump on and talk to your friends because in these times that you might be isolated from society and from the things you normally do can can, uh, can get pretty rough and you can feel down. So make sure you take the time to, um, to do that, to sort of engage with your friends online if you can't see them in person. And also, it's a perfect time to tell them to listen to Beyond the Dice. So, why why you there? Plenty of spare time in this crazy, futuristic, post-apocalyptic, cyberpunk world. But you should jump onto Facebook and our Instagram and check out any all our news. We will let you know when there's new episodes, when uh, we got all our cool pictures on our Instagram of all the previous games. You want to have a look there, comment on there. We'll comment back, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, I think that's how it works, right, Luke? We comment on things on Instagram? Yep, we do. Is at Beyond the Dice. Um, yeah, so Facebook, Beyond, just search Beyond Dice. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. You know what it looks like. We have all cool news and stuff there. Um, and we do have a shop. Do we understand if you can't support the, um, the show? Totally understandable. But if you have the ability to and you would like to, we have a bunch of merchandise on there, some tree reach stuff. We have some D&D stuff, some RPG related stuff. It's not just all podcast related stuff. We've tried to make it as diverse as we can for people. Might be some designs that you uh, like the look of that's not, you know, just podcast merchandise. There are some other things. So if you have the ability and you would love to, then it will help support the show, uh, which is amazing. Um, If not, that's cool. Just chill. Just uh, share the show with a friend or give us a review. That also helps us quite a lot. Another thing to add, Luke. Yeah. If, if in this semi-post-apocalyptic pandemic <laughs> world of ours and you end up running out of shirts, you can't go down the shops, you could always jump onto that uh, print barn, print them off, get some sweet shirts. They are super comfortable. Like, I will never buy a shirt from another shop. I'm just going to buy my shirts from there. <laughs> and get looked at, post some stuff, make some stuff for me. And they're going to be on there as well. So, yeah. If you ever run out or, or you run out of uh, cleaning agents, you can't you can't wash your shirts anymore and need some new shirts, jump on there. And hopefully we have some more product to be honest. With. Yeah, they are really comfortable. The, the, the company who makes them, AS Color, it's a, an Australian company. And the material is really, really soft. So they are, they are quite good. Yeah, anyway, for all you people out there who are listening, please stay safe. Um, just keep keep going on, guys. Just jump online, play D&D with your friends, or try Dota 2 if you haven't. That's pretty fun. We will get there. We will survive. We'll all get through all this junk. And uh, thank you, Vel, for supporting the show, for sponsoring us after I just uh, suggested people play Dota 2. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. See you later. Bye. Bye.